Alright, welcome everybody. This is Wolf Sheep. I am Luis Cavedo. And uh, Matthew Walker is out on a meeting, but we are joined by a special guest today, my wife, Gina Cavedo, and uh, Rebecca Marie Jo. Hi, guys. Uh, uh, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so my name is Rebecca Mary Jo. I have known Louis and Gina for over 10 years. Uh, we used to go to the church or church together, um, the church that I found in high school and where I really established a relationship with the Lord. And I currently am an editor. Mm -hmm. I write uh, um, hesitantly <laughs> these days. And I also have a podcast called mm -hmm. Internet Girls Are Weird that I run with my best friend where we discuss media, pop culture, mm -hmm. uh, us watching our favorite shows, which includes everything from Game of Thrones and Handmaid's Tale to The Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to be here with you guys. Well, thank Actually, you. Yeah. you didn't know that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We try to have fun. Yeah. No, and it's it's really funny, the dynamic that you guys have. And um, what's, what's really funny to me, too, is that... Um, I'm sorry, your partner's name... Is Nicole. Uh, Nicole. Yeah. And Nicole knows the show... And she's like introducing you to the show, to the Bachelorette or the Bachelor franchise. The whole she yeah. watches all of them. I tried watching the Bachelor with her, but I was, it was too depressing mm -hmm. because they really play up the catty, you know, female dynamics. Right. And I'm just like, this is too much. But I really enjoyed watching the Bachelorette mm -hmm. because I never get to hear how guys discuss dating or stuff. I felt like a fly on the wall for for a lot of the part. I've never actually <laughs> watched the show. They always do the clips. Like, I think um, it wasn't uh, the soup that did it, but somebody would do the clips. Like, okay, this week I'm a bachelor. And mm -hmm. you know, they would show like the Kind of making stuff. fun of the, right. yeah. Which I guess is, is kind of part of the uh, the allure to watch the show. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, check it out uh, if you haven't. Yeah, we discuss more than just the Bachelor franchise. Right, yeah, no. I, uh, <laughs> when, I, when I met Roy a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was surprised. He's like, oh, you know, I just wasn't expecting the Bachelor stuff. And I said, no, 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 but it was kind of interesting because it's something new that I wasn't, you know, know <laughs> but it was kind of intriguing to, oh, okay, so this is how it works. All right. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, Rebecca, I had invited to join us on the podcast, and uh, I presented you the topics. Uh, you've listened to, I think, a couple of episodes, so you have an yeah. idea. Um and the, yeah, and I've known you and Matthew for a long time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the topic inception, which we always do for the episode, uh, this one, uh, we've talked, Matthew and I, considerably about, because the uh, event, in essence, that we went through, we both shared in it, and we were affected by it, but it's about uh, the best place you found yourself in, and specifically in your walk. I mean, we tried to... We always get spiritual about it because, you know, we're Christ followers, so we bring it into uh, the podcast, but I try to stay as uh, open to the fact that maybe we have non-believers listening, so, but yeah, we, we're going to take that skew, and uh, so the blessed place we found ourselves spiritually, and if a loss that we went through caused us to downgrade... So I imagine I'm going to have to uh, define some of those terms consistently as we go along. But but yeah. Uh, so question and answer style, which is the way we usually do it. We'll mm -hmm. both share. And Gina, please do share too if you have some stuff. <laughs> Gina's 
joined me for one episode before, and it was fun. It was nice to do it together, but, you know, it's just... <laughs> I'd love to hear from Gina. Yeah. I always appreciate Gina's insights. Well, it's it's like easier to talk. Who could be listening. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's easier to talk on the couch when nobody else is listening. So, yeah. All right, so let's start. Do you find that you as an individual find yourself uh, riding a high or low in life? Or are you pretty even keel? That's a good question. I... Um, have been thinking about this a lot lately because I think when I first came to Christ, I was still very, I was definitely still very emotionally immature. I mean, I came to Christ at 15, so Mm -hmm. at that age, like, I would like to assume that everyone is. Uh, But I think that my emotional immaturity at that age kind of defined my walk for much longer than it should have. Mm -hmm. So I would absolutely for the first 10 years of kind of my walk with Christ I had like very high highs and then very low lows where um you know I would kind of be riding mountaintops and then Mm -hmm. the smallest challenge and not not the smallest challenge because there were some real things that were happening with family or with you know just real life um would just kind of knock me down completely Mm -hmm. and then suddenly I um just didn't have the same fervor and wasn't the same even person just because like those things would eliminate kind of my passion i mm-hmm. guess yeah no i for me specifically it's um i like to try to stay even keel but it's kind of it's tough uh as the years have gone by with my walk too but also just day, day-to-day life i uh, i've self-diagnosed as manic depressive because i'll get super excited about a project this you know the podcast itself or to you know put a movie together or write a story and be super excited write a high and then you know down in the dumps after uh i realize that okay it's not quite what i was hoping or expecting for uh and that kind of happens again spiritually too where um yeah i found myself in in like a like a runner's high of yeah, I'm reading my word every day and I'm putting things into practice and, um, you know, I'm praying as often as I can and, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, it's like a bad habit or not a bad habit. It's a good habit, but you drop it like it's a bad habit. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you find yourself a little more upset and life is getting harder. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, as much as I want to try to keep the even keel idea because <clears throat> you don't want to set yourself up for disappointment, mm-hmm. but you also don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Oh, I just... It's hard to be even keel. It's it's a tough position to find yourself in. Yeah, I found that kind of what has made me more even keel in my, again, uh, I'm 26 now, so I, I would say that 25 was when kind of when everything changed. Mm-hmm. Um, is well, when they say that your your cognitive cognitive development like really, you know, kind of fully forms at 25. Right. <laughs> so I'd like to believe that part, but. Um, then in addition to that, I felt like I just realized your emotions are so fickle mm-hmm. and you want, and you hear that all the time in church, but once you really apply that and you're like, Oh, my emotions are telling me like everything is disappointing, but maybe I sh- maybe that's not true and start mm-hmm. filtering out, um, you know, when your emotions are not really being accurate gauges to what is reality right? or, you know, as Christians, like what our, our foundational truths, uh, should, should really speak to us. Then it's at that point that you're like, okay, maybe I can evolve a little bit beyond my 
fickle emotions. Yeah, no, it's um, we talk. Well, we talk about it frequently, Matthew and I, on the podcast, and you know, just our relationship with others and the church, especially and mm-hmm. going to church. We did an episode um, a couple of weeks back about not wanting to go to church and that feeling, but it's uh, I guess it's not about staying in that particular place where you know we talked about this at length about waking up in the morning on a Sunday it's like ah, I don't really want to go and you begrudgingly you know put your shirt on and put your shoes on get in the car get to church and mm-hmm. it's like ah, I don't really want to be here but you walk out of it as long as you don't walk out of it with the same sentiment you walked in mm-hmm. then I guess that's really all that matters but yeah yeah, yeah. good uh, what was the greatest point in which you found yourself in life and why? Uh, maybe it's actually two different points because I'm, what I'm looking for is your greatest happy point and your greatest spiritual walk point. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my greatest spirit, spiritual walk, I would say that it was when I was 19, 20. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was still very, I don't know, I want to say like naive, but mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a sense that I still, at that time especially, took God at his word. So if he said, I'm going to provide, I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. And I just had such abandoned faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was very much like my, uh, a reflection of, of me being that age and being able to like have a very open hand with what God asked of me and what I risked as well. So when I was 20, you know, I very much sensed that the Lord was telling me to move to New York and I prayed about it for months. I have like the scribbled, you know, on a church pamphlet that said like, Lord, you know, please, like, is it New York? Like Mm -hmm. as a question. And he just kept confirming it, kept confirming it, even though like I I was scared because I was like, what's in New York? And um, at in January of 2011, I moved to New York with one suitcase, no job and no apartment. Mm-hmm. And I stayed with a youth leader I had connected with there for, I think, three weeks until I found a place. And then sure enough, I, I found a job like almost immediately after. And I was a youth leader there for uh, a few months, uh, I think maybe a, a year or more. Mm-hmm. And um, just God, I had, I, I at that time had so much favor just because I was able to like take that huge leap of faith mm-hmm. and that huge risk. And I now realize like these things that I thought were like fun coincidences were actually was actually the Lord clearing every path and opening every single door that could possibly be opened. And um, and now, you know, as you get older, it's like I think it's very natural that we're less willing to to have that kind of an open hand and say like, mm-hmm. OK, you know, you tell me to pick up and move. I'll mm-hmm. do it, even if I don't know what's on the other side of that or don't know what my financial situation will be. But. I look at that time, even though it was like very uncertain, as very sweet because God provided everything I needed. Mm-hmm. And you were, had, hmm? oh, sorry. Oh, we're next. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, please. <laughs> you want to go next? Oh, you had a question for me. Well, I, I know, I know you were in New York. You were mainly always in Brooklyn too, or? I lived on the Upper West Side for the first six months I was there, and mm-hmm. then I moved. Once I moved to Brooklyn, I never went back. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, and it's a it's a nice spot. My sister lived there for a number of years, and it's a crazy city. Yeah. there's no city like it in the world. I don't know what I was thinking, and mm-hmm. some days I still want to go back. And I'm like, what are you thinking? Don't you enjoy space and fresh air? Mm-hmm. But it, it kind of gets under your skin. You can't really wash it off. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it was. It's funny because she would always talk about how rent is, and you know, we all know the stories about how it's 
it's so expensive it's dirty. to live in the city. People are rude. <laughs> you, you have to combat even to get a little. It's a dog eat dog world. Yeah, but she was she was enamored with the place, and you know, she went through some difficulties. But yeah, it's it's an interesting city. I, I <laughs> wonder about how long I would make it there if I moved there, which I don't plan on doing. But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you were gonna say. Well, I was going to answer the question. Yeah, yeah, please. Go what on. was it again? I just want to make sure I answer it right. Well, the, your happy <laughs> point as far as um, happy, the, the greatest point you reach in as far as your happiness, but also your spiritual walk. Or maybe it's one and the same. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well, I thought it was more like when do you feel like you're closer to God? Is mm-hmm. that really the same thing? Yeah. Well, in, in essence, yeah, because that's um, if I had to, if I had, well, I'll I'll answer no, the question happy too. happy and joy but. is different. Because I definitely wasn't when I felt like I was closest to God was mm-hmm. um, when when you know you have a joy inside, but it was it was a struggle because it that's when I was being stretched. Okay, it was challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when my mom got cancer and I was struggling at work and it was just a hard time, but I was being stretched and that's when I felt like I was closer to God through just in general, through the harder times, that's when I'm relying more heavily and more praying, um, just like God, I need your comfort basically. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, well, no, that's that's good because you're you're telling me that was a point at which you were relying on God the most, which I think is is really what we're looking for. I mean, when when I was thinking on this and you know this specific place where it comes from, uh, I served as a youth leader for somewhere around nine years, and uh, while there, you know, I grew of course because when I first started I I remember Jared brought me on and I really didn't want to be there because you know it was we need to recruit youth leaders and I said alright well let's do it and it was middle school and I'm like oh middle schoolers they're just sometimes they're, they're too smart alecky and it comes to <laughs> find out that you know high school boys can be more smart alecky than anybody else but uh, it was it was definitely a thing of God because <clears throat> I found myself happy there I found myself fulfilled and directed there because I, I, I found a place I was doing something that I enjoyed doing and I, and I was affecting things and we got to the point as the years went by and things changed like Garrett gave me the opportunity to you know take an, an extra step as far as serving and he let me do the, you know, the, the writing for some of the dramas, and, and that was really fulfilling too, because I got to not use, not just use uh, a calling, but a talent too, in essence, you know. And yeah, I was happy. I was it was a it was a happy emotional point, but it was also a happy spiritual point because it's it's like I'm getting fulfilled in all these different ways, and I was and it was a definite high. Um, which, you know, I wonder if I've been trying to chase or find again. And I've come to terms with this. I mean, it's it's, it's something we'll discuss as we go along, too. But, but yeah, it's 
It's a happy point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why aren't you there anymore? Or was that your greatest loss? Specifically within that. I would definitely say that the end of my time in New York ended in great spiritual loss because I moved to New York to be a youth leader to follow the Lord faithfully and and everything else was um, came out of that like my school my work everything else was like tertiary but over my time there and just kind of I think influences and getting involved in a church that was very much spiritually dead and not you know it's it's leaders weren't weren't great examples and not to blame them or anything I think we are all personally accountable for our walks Mm -hmm. but I think that I use those things eventually um, and it wasn't the church I was a youth leader with it was a different church that I ended up at later on Mm -hmm. I think uh, those combinations of factors made me feel like okay maybe other people aren't living this thing out and maybe it's not possible in the city or maybe you know it was just something I think I just believe lies that it was something about my you know my my youth emotionalism or Mm -hmm. or that I could just kind of like leave my faith behind as a child or something and nothing was further from the truth um I you know kind of began doing and I inverted my life, you know, whereas like, whereas before faith was the principal thing and then everything else was tertiary, it like everything flip-flopped, then everything else was primary and my faith was like something I put in a closet and like didn't think about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that, you know, the outcome was of that. And when I like woke up to how far I had gotten, it was very painful because one, I missed the Lord so much. I missed that intimacy too. I... Um, you know, made some choices that weren't reflective of kind of what God wanted for my life or what even I think I wanted for my life. Mm-hmm. And and so I guess in losing that childlike faith and that eagerness to follow God even when I didn't understand him or just kind of press in when, you know, people felt like it was a little bit much or a little bit naive or a little bit childish to run everything through this God that you really have to pursue mm-hmm. um i think that once I, I lost that i definitely lost a lot more than i was ever willing to and that was i mean it was as much the place that you were in specifically new york mm-hmm. but um because obviously you in a sense you lost that because you moved down you came down to, to florida again mm-hmm. and um i know your personal walk and we've we've spoken before so i know you've yeah. Um, re, I'm not gonna say rededicated yourself to that, but you're, you're pursuing again with fervor. We'll call it that, I guess. Yeah. And... He's the main thing again, mm-hmm. and I think you know, and I don't. I wouldn't say like I don't consider New York a loss because, um, you know, when I moved down, I was like, okay, Lord, like I'll open my hand again, really, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, where, you know, where are we going? Like I'll move anywhere. And it just so happened that he had things for me here because he was doing things in my family and just like reconnecting me with people here in Florida, which was really awesome. But honestly, I think, you know, I don't think of it so much as a loss of New York as much as like gaining this ability to be like, okay, nothing is my own, not even my time, not where I live, not my friends. Mm -hmm. Everything belongs to you and everything is purpose for you. So what do I do with kind of what's in my hand? 
But but it was asking that question again and coming to a place where I was like, oh, I don't like how life works when I don't ask these things. You know, like what do you want or what is my what is my your purpose for my life? Right. I'm like I don't I'm really bad at you know you're saying that you wrote scripts for um, youth group mm-hmm. plays. I'm like I'm really bad at writing Rebecca's life. <laughs> I've tried it. I'm so bad at it. I prefer when God does it, and and I'm like very much upfront about that with myself and with others now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> for I'm sorry. I please jump in at any at any point if you've got stuff to share. I, I just I feel like I've got my shoulder to the front because of the way we're sitting sitting. <laughs> Jonas, yeah. get up, Jenna Gina. No, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've always grown uncomfortable when big change comes. Uh, like I could point to some some pretty big changes specifically from place to place like when we were in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. and we went from the city to the rural side and my mom wanted to get us out of that and you know like a starting over point and it was you know a new school no more cable you couldn't even have dish at where we're in the mountain where we were at Mm -hmm. Um, you can run to a store anywhere because there's you know the closest shop is a little mom and pop shop where they're you know, the Ritz crackers might be expired. Well, it's ridiculous, but, uh, man, we, we struggled through that. Because we were used to one thing, and then you're out in another. But we grew, too. Like, my brother and I were probably at our closest during that time because we would go out to the backyard, and the backyard was the forest or the jungle, if you want to call it that. And we'd grab a machete and go make trails and, you know, have fun outside or... Um, the relationships were closer even with the people that you have because you value that proximity you don't have as many distractions Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you get really comfortable and you really like that and then uh, uh, four years later we moved back to the city and that was that was a rough change the only reason I bring that up is just to give you an idea on the hardship I go through with the change Um, when we were at our high I call it our peak point and um, were you there when um, had you graduated already when when Garrett left? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't I, sure timeline was. Yeah, I didn't have a right. front. I just kind of like heard cliff notes, but mm-hmm. didn't have a front row seat to that or anything. Yeah, it was, and we won't discuss it at length. But yeah, we were running like a really well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And I look back on those days with a lot of fondness because everybody knew their place. Everybody knew where to serve. Yeah. Everybody no, Garrett was a great right leader. There. And, well, and it wasn't just him. You know, even Megan. And Megan left later on, too. But he mm-hmm. kind of inherited the leadership role. And, but I just valued the friendships there and the brotherhood, the sisterhood that was created. It was a special time. Yeah. And, but, man, and, and, and spiritually, it was the high point. At which I found myself because I was counting on that so much. Like, and, and, and it was the Lord also kind of preparing my heart because that's when we met, when Gina and I met. And um, I was fulfilled in a new way too. Mm-hmm. With a, you know, Gina was my first relationship mm-hmm. in essence, you know, a romantic relationship. And I always compare it to the Tower of Babel, you know, where you just, you're, you're, keep building on the Mm -hmm. tower and you're going higher and it's 
you you almost become self-sustaining in a sense because you work so well that I'm not gonna say we ever forgot the you know God and all of it or to you know call on Christ for whatever work we did but yeah you know sometimes I look back on that and I say well why did this happen you know because we were so happy and everything was so well mm-hmm. and being so comfortable is probably not a good thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being comfortable, but, you know, you're, you're supposed to grow. You can't grow stagnant, however great stagnant You is. mean, like, the shift in leadership, right? Yeah. Yeah, not even the leadership, because, you know, I, and I, I, you know, Gina knows, cause we, I struggled with it mm-hmm. when our church got adopted by mm-hmm. the Crossing and new uh, youth leadership came in. I was resistant and hesitant at first, but it's like, well, you know, change comes, so let's move on through it. But, uh, yeah, it was rough. It was, like, bad growing pains, you know. Mm -hmm. And I missed that, and I wanted that, and I didn't want it to change. But as the years have gone by, I've realized the need for it to have happened. But, yeah, it's it's tough because I've grown through it, and I've acquired uh, new levels of spirituality, Mm -hmm. of the depth of... To which I can go through in my relationship with Christ, but I just don't feel like I ever got to that high point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just that was that particular struggle. Yeah. Um, so that's where I was at too. When we, whenever changes, like you don't expect someone to get sick, someone you love, you don't expect them to die. So, whenever there's a change or even mm-hmm. challenge, um, that's where I struggle and really turn to the Lord because you know you're you're like helpless without him and you just you're so that's when you like feel the need to get really dependent on him Mm -hmm. and I think that's why he allows us to have those times so that we can uh, continue growing continue getting stronger um, be a leader to others Mm -hmm. and your mom's story was kind of unique because and I don't, I, I think you know some of it, but Gina's mom uh, had pancreatic cancer and, and it was quite bad. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the tougher cancers to uh, treat. And, you know, she came through it. She actually pulled through and, and there was a point at which she was, you know, cancer free. And then it, you know, yeah, it, two years. Yeah, she yeah. was well and and everything for two years, and then you know it came back, and it came back bad, and you know she's not with us anymore. But um, yeah, I I don't think we've ever shared your story on the podcast. So sorry, I hope you don't mind talking oh, about no, your mom. No, no. <laughs> no it's good because you know, um, well, number one, sickness and. Things like cancer, diseases, everyone's affected by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody knows someone that they've been close to or love that either passes or struggles through mm-hmm. illnesses or diseases. Uh, did you need to go through all that? I, I, that sounds like such, yeah. a, <laughs> such a blunt question to just throw out there. It's almost like just hacking a hammer at it, but... If you had to like break break it down mentally, was that something that 
okay, well, God made you go through that, or he chose to have you go through it. Yeah, I think that with anything we go through, we have a choice whether to press in and invite the Lord into the situation or just, like, um, you know, deal with it in the way that, like, we humans cope, which Mm -hmm. typically aren't, you know, if we look at the way the world copes with things, it's not very healthy. It's, Mm -hmm. like, you know, going from relationship to relationship or self-medicating with TV binges or, or alcohol or whatever it is. But I think as as Christ followers, we have a unique choice to to not choose those things and choose kind of like the harder path where we're like, okay, God, like here's a mess, here are my ashes, here's every way that I've prodigal sunned my way through my story. Like I want to come back and you know mm-hmm. help me make something meaningful out of this or something beautiful out of this. And what's really cool about God is that one, He's faithful to do that every single time. It's kind of like the business of what He does, but. Two, I think, you know, he sometimes allows us to go to experience these things in order to mature us. And he'll allow us to, like, blow everything up, essentially, even the things, like, we didn't want to blow up originally or whatever our sin may touch or impact or, you know, whatever consequence we may find ourselves in that we never anticipated in. He allows those things to happen to... to get us to the place he needs us to be to, to respond to kind of the call he has on our life in the way that we weren't able to years ago or whatever it is. So all that to say, I definitely think um, I needed to go through all that because I think it's the way that the, like now I tell God all the time, like I will not depart from you. Like you're going to have to shake me off, but I will not depart from you. And, and I've never been at that place before in my in my 10 years of mm-hmm. being, you know, a Christ follower because it, it had I had to go through kind of remembering what it was like to not have his presence in my life mm-hmm. to realize like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, one day in your presence is better than, you know, millions of years elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, absolutely. I'm like, this has been a mess and, you know, probably worth a cup like a few books someday of like, you know, my humiliating stories, but, um, but, uh, God's really good at, at doing what he does. Mm-hmm. And you know what, to add on to that, when we were talking about, you know, how do you deal, how do you cope with things? I don't know, for some reason, I think for a lot of people, it's just naturally, you want to be by yourself, be isolated, mm-hmm. but the way God made things work is community. <laughs> it really is being with people being with a a brother sister a friend yeah sharing those burdens yeah yeah and it it's just not funny but just he uses people he chooses to use people to be a light Mm -hmm. for sure yeah yeah no and and just the way i am whenever things happen and again i brought this up before but my my question is always to why Mm. a series of events well how how do we get there and i try to you know foolishly try to figure out sometimes what the grand scheme is or what god's grand work is and i for the longest asked myself that because you know it was a it was a great place to be at you know serving at the youth group and it was practically a full-time job because you know we had the meetings and you know, it, it's funny to look at back on it now, but the dedication that it took or that was called from us, like Gina would always say, oh, 
we got all these meetings, we got to go through all this material, <laughs> prepare for the for the retreat. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is fun stuff, but we didn't view it the same way. Yeah, yeah it was a challenge for me. Yeah. <laughs> but what's funny you're is like, that, I already have a full time job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've already got but more than you know. There again was some joy in that. So. <laughs> yeah, we got to share that together, and not that we haven't worked together since, but it was a it was a good experience to share, and. As I've as time has gone on, I viewed it as, um, you know, we're married now, and had I been so dedicated to a work like that, where it was like I could see myself doing this for the rest of my life, that doesn't mean I can't. But I was serving it in that, like I was married to it. As like, you know, people say married to the mob. Well, this is Christian mob if you call it that, but. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have given my marriage the attention or the time that it would have needed. I And that's not exactly true, but I've come to view it as that. I've come to view it as, well, I'm moving you to this next season. And I tried to go back to it, and it wasn't the same. And I think that was also God speaking to me and telling me, well, this isn't the place where you're supposed to be at. Yeah, You've served your time here. Let's move on to the next step. Yeah. Whether that be in marriage or um, any other ministry we decided mm-hmm. to go on. It was uh, It was good to gain that perspective, for sure. What's the greatest lesson you learned from it all? Why don't you go first this time? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, the obvious lesson that I learned... And, and it's funny because it's a mantra that I try to live by, which isn't a Christian mantra, but over the years I've always told myself, don't have any expectation. Mm-hmm. And that applies to like individuals and everything. I would always tell people, which isn't exactly a good thing, but never uh, have heroes because you'll idolize them and the day they let you down, it's going to be a big hurt. It's going to be a big fall. And that, I guess, I, I, over the years, have applied that to a lot of things, healthily or unhealthily. But it's not about living in expectation, but just openness to whatever is coming. When you're, when you're expecting something good or bad, you know, it can go either way. You're not open to what can be brought from it. Besides just, you know, one outcome or the other. You know, it's 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 a whole... It's not the ending, it's the journey kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, where you appreciate what you go through. Sometimes even the bad, because you grow in that. You know? So that, I, that, was, that was what I gained from it. Or what well, my greatest lesson, I guess. My first thoughts was, don't give up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because for me... It was hard, <laughs> but you just keep pushing through, and God was with me the whole time. Yeah. And I just had confidence in that, and not giving up, because um, for me, with work situation, and my mom's situation, and helping out in the, the youth group, uh, it was the first time to help out with the youth group for me, so it was just overwhelming in general, <laughs> and uh, just everything at once. Uh, it was a lot of pressure on me and 
that's just the one thing I learned is just not to give up, keep going, and that God's with you the whole time. Well, I'm glad you didn't give up because that's how we that's how we met. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had thought about moving back to my home in Michigan where my mom was, and mm. yeah, hmm. getting a different job, even you know, you have different scenarios go through your head, but uh, especially when you're depending more on God, you're you're thinking all these things, but you're also listening more. You know, in general, we have a hard time listening to God because there's so many distractions and we always want to be the one that talks but we got to remember there's a always two sides of the relationship Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. I I would say that I feel like I had my answer and then maybe that's not what I was supposed to share (laughs) but um I think the greatest lesson I learned from all of it is I don't know the importance of being steadfast I guess Um, I think before I was like yeah I was definitely wishy-washy because like I guess you know emotions were kind of king and now I think you know, the Lord has taught me how to go back to ground zero, which is whatever he's said, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, but I feel this way about it. He's like, but I said this and it's like that he has a final word. And mm-hmm. whereas before I'd be like, but, but, but it's not what it looked, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think that that's just been really good. Yeah. Um, because it's allowed me to push through even when I think, you know, like like you said Gina don't give up it's like uh, it's allowed me to push through when I think it's not worth it or you know or I'm just lazy or just you know something in me kind of doesn't want to have the courage for whatever situation it is um it's just it's just always worth it being steadfast mm-hmm. yeah and I'm going to rephrase the question I wrote it down one way but just because of the way the conversation is going I think it it merits asking it this way, which is, how do you, mm, should you seek that high point? Or try to, not Re- relive it, but... Return to where you were, like, nearest to God, kind of? Yeah, I, well, because we're, I mean, we're quantifying to an actual place, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Or, or a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. But, you're not chasing the feeling, I guess. I don't know, it, Maybe I maybe I didn't phrase it right. No, I, I definitely hear what you're saying because I think that from hearing your you talk about your experiences at youth group, I see that you know you cherish that time. That time was like there were a lot of mountain tops, mm-hmm. even though it was hard. You belonged to this like really awesome community, mm-hmm. and you were fighting for things that were really worth worthy of fighting for, and um, and it was like such an, a beautiful experience, and probably one, I don't know if you feel this way, because I feel this way about a lot of those times in my life that you took for granted at the time, mm-hmm. and I think the Lord is definitely, and I, and in the last few months especially, the Lord has told me over and over again, you know, that um, better days are always ahead of us, like there, our moments of glory are not behind us, mm-hmm. and our best, our best times are not behind us. Our best selves are not behind us. And I think that, you know, we see that when he talks about like 
mana, you know, not like not to save it to the next day because he wants to do something new each day. And then also, um, you know, when he discusses like the wineskin, it's like we're changing from year to year. Our communities are, everything's like shifting, whether it's in our church or work or whatnot. But God still wants to do something really just as beautiful or if not more beautiful than Mm -hmm. these moments that we have hallmarked in our life. It's like that was, you know, heaven on earth or that was like, really what this life is supposed to be about Mm -hmm. and i think that it's worth seeking those times again in all in new communities in new seasons um in new places and and i think we have to be like those pioneers that are like you know now that you've tasted that goodness like inviting other people to to live that and and bring that into real life Mm -hmm. with you yeah yeah um it's not. It's not always going to look the same. Yeah. And and I guess that's. And it's so hard because I'm like, I want it to look the same. I want everyone, you know, everyone, all the same characters mm-hmm. to be there. I hate when a season ends. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. Where's the cast I was used to? That's where, yeah. Yeah. Where, where reality. <laughs> you're trying to have reality mimic fiction. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a sense, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talk about that, uh, us as a couple, and serving and where, where where do we want to serve and mm-hmm. we've uh put our hands to uh the sex trafficking stuff and, and specifically with uh, samaritan village mm-hmm. and trying to help with that and grow with that and what level of dedication we would have put to that because it a lot of my sense me specifically my sense of worth comes in well what am i doing and how am i how well am I serving? And you almost you almost want to have a spiritual check, you know, of okay, this is the hours that I worked, and I can show you what I did. Mm. Which is yeah, it's probably a bad not about works. <laughs> well, no, right, it's not about works, but I want to feel like I accomplished something. So we're seeking to do that, whether we do that through Samaritan Village or mm-hmm. we do that with any other ministry. It's just. It's finding that right place or that right spot, mm-hmm. you know. And I shouldn't. Again, that's that's just a bad habit of trying to have my spiritual life uh, be qualified by what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe I just have to be happy with <laughs> reading my Bible every day and you know well, getting what I get out of it. I've been wanting to say is I don't know when it was the right time, but. Uh-huh. I would always hear Joyce Meyer say, you know, she's the she's the big lady um, <coughs> Christian speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, she would always say, <laughs> she has a funny way of saying it when you look at her face. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing that. I don't, I'm not happy about this. And she's just trying to get the point out there that, you know, line yourself up with what the Bible says. When you make that decision then actions will follow. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you're reading the word. I know, it's it's hard because a lot of times we want to go by our feelings and sometimes when you're listening to God, you'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But we just um, should all practice lining up with what his word says, what he says, mm-hmm. and then our actions will follow. I just wanted to add that in because I just felt like 
Someone needs to hear it. If not, I'm preaching to myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you would add as far as for somebody going through the same kind of ordeal of going through that great big loss? Um, any nugget of information you would offer them as far as well, this helped me along or that, you know? Yeah. Um... I think a lot of the time we underestimate God because Mm -hmm. he's so unfathomable and his ways aren't our ways, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. But at the end of the day, whatever loss you're facing, whatever, you know, Eden you shut yourself out of because of your mistakes or whatever, um, I don't know, whatever you feel like you've, is broken in your life, our God is a God of redemption and restoration. He's... Like, that's, he's a God of resurrection. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it takes a lot of courage to say, okay, you can resurrect this because we don't want to be disappointed. And because, surprise, we don't know what that looks like, especially when, you know, if there's someone going through a divorce or if there's someone who's lost a a family member, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, where's the resurrection in those types of scenarios that are really huge and, and very emotionally impactful. But I think, you know, the Lord is still woven through those stories, too. And he still longs to, I don't know, return to us what we lose in those places in our hearts when we go through something like that traumatic. Mm -hmm. And um, and but I but again, I think it takes courage to say, okay, I'm willing to hope that you will do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm still kind of having to choose that each day. Like, okay, I'm willing to hope that you will you know, that the the God they talk about in the Bible is one that I can see in this situation or in this loss or in this lifetime. And so to anyone listening, just be brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would only add on to that to be happy at the place where he has you at, you know, whether that's, you know, down at the bottom of the mountain at the top or on your way there mm-hmm. or on your way down, wherever you're at, um, find the happiness of where you are Mm -hmm. not contentment but just whatever part of the journey you're at you know you're not alone the Lord is there with you he's not just throwing you out into the woods to to go through it on your own Mm -hmm. just find the the bits of happiness that you can in those places yeah honestly some of my darkest times um, you know when I'm like in the valley with the Lord I, I realize he's the most intimate in those places or I get to know him the most intimately in those places because I need him every day, every second, you know, just to kind of get through like the loss of a friend or the loss of, of, you know, a time in my life or whatever. So there are things that you'll learn in the Valley that you will never see in the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. So I completely agree. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. For me again, it's just <sighs> be surrounded with people who can help, you know, support you, lift you up, cry with you, laugh with you. Um, it, just, it's not funny, but <laughs> this girl at work, I, I just feel so bad because she, she's struggling with something and she's not able to sleep and we're all trying to tell her, call somebody so you don't fall asleep and get hurt, you know, and she's saying that she... It's like she only knows her husband. She only has a real relationship connection with her husband. And, 
you know, he's not always available. And I'm like, I'm really trying to stress that we're not meant to do life alone. Um, mm-hmm. Get a girlfriend. Get, you know, with for girls, guys don't always understand what girls are going through. Uh, find an aunt. Find even your mom sometimes. A youth leader. Just be connected with people. Unfortunately, the world keeps going in a direction where it's, um, well, we're all distracted with our phones and laptops. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, even us. <laughs> but again, uh, I got to remember sometimes I should call my sister. I should call my my friend that uh, was in youth group with me. So anyways, I just wanted to add that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, a, there's a lot of importance to put upon a uh, community specifically. So you're not going through anything alone. Well, we hope we made you think, uh, as always, um, if you'd like to reach us or the podcast itself, you can reach me at four, the number four, C.S. Lewis, L-U-I-S, at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash, uh, I forgot the name of the podcast like I always do, Wolf Sheep Pod. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a bad problem just because I'm used to doing the other podcasts, but whatever. Uh, Rebecca, I don't know if you want to... Yeah, sure. Uh, You can chat with me about all the things, including The Bachelorette, (laughs) at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, Marie, J-O, and that's my Instagram and my Twitter account. I know you haven't posted in a while, but your blog is great, too. Um, Oh, thank you. Pearlandsalt.com. Yeah, I am picking that back up this week, so thank you for plugging that. Nobody knew that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's God's work, right? (laughs) Well, from Luis Cavedo. Gina Cavedo. And Rebecca Mary Jo. This is Wolf Sheep. (laughs) 